Hello, everybody, and welcome to This Week in X, presented by Crushing Comics. I'm your host, Crisis with a K. I'm joined by my ex-friends, ex-fans from around the world, Tyler, Harry, and Furiha. And we are here to talk about the X-Men comics out on the 14th of April, 2021. There were two. It's Children of the Atom, number two, and Wolverine, number 11. And our discussion comes with the same spoiler alert every time. We're going to talk about all of the details of these comics, probably other things happening in the X-Line, maybe other things happening in the Marvel Universe, so you need to know that before you get in deep with us. To get started, as we always do, I'm going to ask everybody the same question today. I may even answer it as well as our warm-up, which is, do you have a story about a, a show, whether that's a concert or a theater play or any kind of live performance that you went to, that you were just so, so hyped for the way that some of the characters we saw this week were excited about their show? Tyler? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, does does musical count? Yes. Yeah. Musical count? Okay. Then yeah, of course. The very first musical that I've ever seen in Singapore is Rent. Really? In I, in yeah. English or in another language? In English. In English. It is the Australian cast. Oh. Yeah. So it was. I mean, I love. So it, did they have uh, Australian accent? No, they did not. That would not. be weird. They oh. did not. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. That would be weird. Yeah. And mm. uh, I do remember that um, it, it, it's a mixed cast. Um, I think some of the cast is uh, Singaporean. And then you have um, Filipinos and you have Australians. So, mm. yeah. Mm -hmm. So that, that that's my very first uh, musical. And I still remember um, it pretty clearly. And yeah, I, and I think what happened was that it wasn't, uh, I mean, it wasn't super, super famous. So um, it wasn't packed. So during halftime, we sneaked down to the front. Yeah. <laughs> so we got some cheap tickets that are like on the way back. And then like after halftime, when we come in, we're like, okay, I don't think those seats are taken. So, so we just came down <laughs> and moved up front. <laughs> That's about it. Sometimes it's yeah. actually not even great to see musicals from up close because you have like so much to take in that's yeah. happening on stage that it's not like a concert where you're like, I want to be right in front of the lead singer or mm -hmm. like the lead guitarist. But at yeah. a musical, because of the way it's blocked, I, I saw Rent the first time from the second row, but I was the second row off to one side. And uh -huh. it's like really hard to take in yeah. all of the things that are happening sometimes when you're up close in a musical. No, exactly. But um, my friend who is a, a musical veteran, <laughs> he's like, no, don't do... Like, if you go from the front, it's A, B, C, D, E, right? He's like, don't do A to E. Right, do G, like... H, I, J. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. the best. He says, exactly. so So that's where we stuck, we stuck into there. <laughs> cool. Harry, do you have a good live show story? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was thinking, I mean, my third place story would be uh, when I, like, randomly met, I randomly encountered the Mighty Mighty Bostones at a concert and led like a wild rumpus like parade around their show, which was kind of fun. And then my second, <laughs> I didn't know who they were. I, I dug their vibe. Uh, my second was uh, going to one of the last uh, My Chemical Romance concerts for their Danger Days album. And I got a shirt drawn by uh, Gabriel Ba, who had done the Abrella Academy at the time. It was that cover, that album art, but drawn by Gabriel Ba, who I recognized, which was cool. But my favorite, and I haven't really been to many concerts, but my absolute favorite was uh, 
I saw Janelle Monet in Orlando for her Dirty Computer album. Because you have that poster and that we used to be able to see in your old setup. Yes, I do. And that's where I got it. And I, you know, I really liked that album. And we, you know, not to be that snotty guy, but like the way that it was, everyone was talking about it was this was a concert, like the last time before she would get huge in Phillips Stadium. So it was just incredibly intimate, but super exciting, amazing concerts. And then like on a personal level, I mean, she, she finished the concert by... Um, reading i mean just this i lived in orlando at the time and it meant a lot she read the names of the uh the victims of the uh the pulse nightclub shooting Mm -hmm. um which became like a really powerful and and emotional ending to that show and it's just like a really kind good thing to do so just like beat for beat was my favorite my favorite 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 show that that's always going to be it it was it was incredible Fariha, do you have any live show story yeah, I mean, if we're including musicals, I went to see Wicked in <laughs> New York. Like, when, that was my first time ever being in New York as an Original adult. Original cast? Ooh. Yeah. Like, you know, the... Walter the, Dina Menzel and Yeah, Kristen well, like, I did, yeah yep. Wow. So, with the, and then that was my... Uh, so, that was my first time ever in New York as an adult. Um, so, and then, you know, I was, like, super excited about going there. One mistake I made though is like not paying enough and then the seat was actually at the back and this mm. was no, there was no empty seats in those. No, <laughs> like, not, you right. know, so, so it was, I mean, that was kind of one mistake I made, but then I was so excited after, re- after watching that, that I bought the books and read them. So like, mm. you know, the wicked, the book, yeah, like, the book. you know, that, that's it's based on. Um, then I also went to see um, Lion King. Ooh. That was that was really a lot of fun. You know, I was not sure that how a cartoon with animals will translate, but it really came out really good. But now that I know that Tyler's into musical, which I didn't know before, now I'm gonna make <laughs> him take me to make him take me to all the New York shows when <laughs> things are back to normal. I'm coming. You know, Sorry, it's, guys. I often not even fully joke that one of the only reasons that I agreed to move to New Zealand when we did was because my bucket list was over. Like I've been to so many concerts. <laughs> I've seen so many people because that was just, that was just the thing. Some people go on vacation. Some people go out drinking. I buy concert tickets. So I just have an unlimited number of stories and I'm trying to like really focus in on the, uh, the best ones. I, in high school, I was even like this. And at high school, you know, I'm a little older than some people on the program and some listeners to the program. And um, that was the 90s for me. And there were so many good alternative rock bands. And I really wanted to be the first in. And my favorite band is Garbage. Uh, not, I'm not saying they're bad. This has been come up before. It's my Garbage front woman, Shirley Manson, is my favorite rock band. And, uh, and so I missed them the first time they came to Philadelphia. So I was intent on their second album, version 2.0, that I was going to go. So I actually skipped school. The only time I think I ever like skipped school, that was with my mother's permission because concerts are a thing in our family to get the tickets and then i remember getting back and i had my tickets you know not that it was an instant sellout but i wasn't gonna miss it and my teacher's like we've got to have a talk about this i'm like what i've got straight a's i missed one class because i have concert tickets like whatever but then i skipped school again because i wanted to be the first person in and was at the electric factory which is a pretty big venue in the in philly it's like 2500 or 3500 people and so i what i got in line at like nine in the morning in front of this venue and i sat there all day i got to meet the whole band and then we went in first i was front and center at the barrier but then sometimes you don't think that you then have the crush of that many people behind you and this is not even like a huge venue you know it's not like an arena size venue so that was the the first and last time 
that I was the first person into a venue because I just still have the sense memory of being like compressed up against the barrier <laughs> and being like, I might die here, but it is my favorite band. Uh, and then, of course, there are like really scary horror stories of people getting, you know, hurt and, and injured in yeah. situations like that. So that was the one time that I endeavored to be the first person into a venue and it was totally worth it and I will never do it again. <laughs> Children of the Atom, number two. Last time we talked about this, split some opinions on the program when we talked about number one. So I'm very interested to hear everybody's first impressions before we get real deep into this issue, starting with Tyler. Um, I think this is just as good as issue one, if not stronger. And um, I do get what y'all said about the um, confusing fight choreography because it is very messy here and not easy to follow at all. Um, overall, I still think this is a solid four laughing cats out of five. <laughs> Harry. Uh, I like this. This is a good comic. Um, I think it continues kind of like the uh, slight ambiguity of like the whether the book is accepting what these characters are doing or not. But at the same time, I think it really, really humanizes and makes one of its characters in this book super likable, where... I was like just more impressed with just the the human emotion and just the basic drama of that than I was the superhero fights, um, which is unexpected. But that's like a really fun thing for a comic. And, and it's interesting in this line. Um, I think it's like maybe like 15 to 20 percent a little slow. I feel like some scenes mm -hmm. go on a little longer than they need to. Um, but overall, like I am very into this book. I'm interested. I still am very interested. So I'm going to give it three point seven five name changes out of five all right faria the one we've been waiting for what like, was your first impression of this she almost walked off the show the last time yeah like, i'm like when we talked like about trying to, girl, everyone's like, trying all right. to getting ready so, so yeah i mean you know this is my reach because it's like oh faria didn't like coda how to get faria to like coda you know, it's like, oh, put Mystique in there. Because she's a whore, <laughs> she's a whore for Mystique. So she will like it. My, I name my cat Lady Darkon. My cat's name mm. is Lady Darkon. So I love Mystique that much. And I hated it even more than the movie. <laughs> Sorry. That, that was funny. <laughs> there, really? amount of, the amount of character assassination that happened in here and the fact that it all happened in the name of some humans pretending to be mutants. I mean, it set my head on fire. It's the, I, I, I don't like this title, guys. It's, I don't. There's other things that needs to be talked about in Crackle One Age. This ain't it. This anyway. Peter. Yeah. I still love you guys. You guys are oh, so wait. You're great. Awesome. <laughs> love you, man. <laughs> okay. Oh. Uh, yeah, I so I really, really love this, except for I think the fight is still a little messy. I just, mm -hmm. I, I think it's a variety of factors and we'll get into it. But if I were to just take out two pages of the fight that really didn't work for me, I think this is like close to a perfect comic book for me. I think the art is gorgeous. I love the character work. I love how it's saying a lot of things about Krakoa and about mutant culture without actually being about Krakoa. We have like 10 other books that are actually about Krakoa. I'm happy to look at it from the outside for one book. And I just think Vita Ela is like flexing here. I think they yeah. really, really are good at the things that are happening 
being here. And they haven't been given the gift of a comic where they can like do these interpersonal scenes, do these smaller moments, do kids just hanging around with each other, even in New Mutants, because it's just so big of a cast, so much to get through. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like all the things that I've been flustered or frustrated about with Vidaela's writing elsewhere are not here for me at all. And all the things that I've actually loved about their writing are here. So I'm like, I'm just super into it. I'm really, really into it. And I think the coloring is absolutely mm-hmm. phenomenal. I think uh, Mayolo, oh, I've never had to say this name before and I want to do it correctly and respectfully. And oh my gosh, it's really small on my screen. Marcelo Mayolo's Mayolo. col- yeah. coloring here is amazing, beautiful. So we'll talk about those things uh, and more. But we start out with uh, a scene. We actually have a mysterious prison phone call, which pays off in the prison break later. We'll get back to that. But we start Mm -hmm. out with a scene that is a little uh, Avengers versus X-Men redux here (laughs) as the Avengers drop by Krakoan embassy to be like, get your mutants under control. And Storm is like, A, you will call me by my mutant name and B, get out (laughs) of my embassy to the Avengers. So I want to hear, because I, I get the feeling this might be one of the things that graded on Faria a little bit. So I want to give her the floor here to start us off. So, okay, maybe, and this is, this is probably all Hickman's fault. Because every time he touches a character, I cannot read anything else written by anyone else after that. So he messed up the Avengers for me, I guess, because now I can't do Avengers anymore. Because seriously, all three of them are going to show up in the embassy and they're not just going to make a phone call. That like, did kind of make me laugh. Like, really? <laughs> we they, the big three? They, that was, you know, like... They, like, they, they come they, off so dorky and, okay, like, in a picture. Can, can, can I explain it? Because I, I wrote down the question and I, I wrote down an answer. Because so far, we have not seen any phone on Krakoa. <laughs> so sure like you know they, they couldn't call bees they could and the thing is here's That's the thing amazing every every single con- comment that captain america says these are all iron man comments these are all iron man quotes captain america is never going to say like you know he says that uh i meant no disrespect but we have a problem that's not a captain america line then it's like you have you seen the news lately not a steve rogers line I know Steve Rogers. You guys know your X-Men. I know my Steve Rogers. That's not his line. The thing is, Avengers vs. X-Men already dealt with this. After, after that, he actually incorporated mutants in his, in his teams. There was a lot of work that went into it. To, and then we are regressing it back for no reason other than to create a thing and then thus taking your heroes, making your heroes idiots. By doing this, you're making rest of Marvel Universe Idiots. I mean, we have already talked about it, how this is a problematic thing that you actually, mutant suffering looks so bad on rest of the rest of the Marvel universe and you're just doing it again. Why couldn't it be a, ha- a more friendly conversation? I just don't understand it. They would not do this. They're better than this. They feel like, it unless I, unless yeah. they became dumber unless they became dumber <laughs> since Hickman left and the f- no. three of them would not show up for this. Like, and I then also, by the way, no, the I, whole I would thing see with the- Iron Man doing that, that's for sure. See, they, they don't come off like Avengers of the right. They come off, I agree with you, Freya, I don't think this scene, scene works very well because the Avengers come off like almost like placeholders for establishment. Sure. Or they're just like, you can't do this. I'm, I'm not enforcing the rules. I'm just telling you. Okay, bye. Yeah, and, and that's and like it. And I don't really, I don't know. Yeah, and the thing is yeah. like the whole cradle, a whole champion thing is dumb to begin with. And then we're just going like back on that. Like no, we're doing- this is- and, then, okay. and this is this is not how they will talk. This is not how this, they, any of this will work. That part I, that I can speak off because I'm not 
a huge Avengers fan, so I don't know the voice very, very well. The thing is this. I feel like this is Ayala saying the entire outlaw thing is beyond silly. <laughs> then make it silly. And then, yeah. Huh? Then make it silly. No, no. Yeah. So so she's like just using the Avengers to put it that way. And I think the main takeaway I have it here, I, I took away from this this confrontation here is that Storm basically points out the flaw which is very, very, um, is very, very now, is that if a law is unfairly enforced, why should it be the owners of those subjected to this unfair law to be careful? Mm. And, and, Speak and, and on it, I, Tyler. I'm, okay, finish. No, that's, that's, that's basically Storm's point. It's like, you know, I mean, look at what is happening in America today. Like, you know, you have a group of people that are being targeted unfairly and 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 some people are saying that well you shouldn't have done that you shouldn't have been doing this you know like they are just going about their business like as normal upstanding citizens i'm not talking about uh, people who has broken the law i'm just saying yeah. that you know and they're unfairly being targeted and then people are like well in the first place you shouldn't have done this and i'm like whoa this is what I think. This is a commentary on that. That's what Ayala is doing here. That's so that's the, my read. It's interesting. No, yeah. So yeah. no, that's absolutely a valid read. But the problem is, these kids are breaking the law. There is a law now. There is a cradle law now, which says that they cannot be do, doing superhero, and they yeah. are doing it. But it is an unfair law. That's what I'm saying. No, I know, and it's it's absolutely an unfair yeah. law. And I absolutely agree that oh, when it happens to your kids, you know, you when it happens to our kids, you are not on the on the exactly. law. Suddenly on the law side, absolutely agree. But none of these mofos are mutants. That killed me. Like but this no, is not happening. No, and I will get to that. I'll get yeah. to that why they don't know because that like blew my mind away because I have been now reading X-Men, guys. I know way a lot more about <laughs> X-Men. So I cannot be fooled anymore. Before I could be. Now I cannot be fooled anymore. And I'm going to get to that. So this is, this, this is why I'm like, this is confrontation happening for a non-issue. If you're making an issue, something that Peter mentioned before, you're making an issue where it doesn't exist. You're mm -hmm. making an unfit, like an, an issue that, oh, they don't like it. Based on... Not mutant issues. Like, <laughs> so it's really interesting that this is ultimately like a page and a half that we're having, or may maybe two full pages that we're having this amount of reaction to, which I think by itself is remarkable. And here's the thing that I think almost happens here, but is maybe slightly broken about it. That's making it not hit as well as it could hit. Cause there's a lot of good things here. I think, you know, free is talking about, Steve Rogers' lines not kind of hitting. I think all of Storm's lines are amazing in this sequence. I think Vita Ela has already shown that they're great at writing Storm during X of Swords. And this is again like, wow, like I really think yeah. they've done their homework. This is a good Storm, right? Mm -hmm. But here's, I think, the, the subtle problem. You know, Captain America knows Storm. They've interacted, you you know, and, exactly. and he Thank led the Avengers Thank a time you. that Storm is on the Avengers. So I really get that that Ayla really wanted to play the listen, uh, Aurora, and Storm says, call me Storm, because that's like a, that's a mutant thing. That's a Krakoan thing. And I, and I feel like that was like a kernel of this scene. And then you have Carol Danvers, who like 
used to live with the X-Men at a point, yeah. including Storm. And Mystique is a Carol Danvers villain, ultimately. And so, like, that felt right to have Mystique here and Carol Danvers here. I think the problem with it, though, is is Iron Man feels out of place to make it a trio. And, like, why would Iron Man be there? And then you get this weird dynamic of, like, Steve Rogers giving Iron Man sounding lines or him or them seeing, like, so much tougher than they're supposed to be seeming when maybe if it was just Steve or just Carol dropping in, it would have started out in the friendly way and kind of escalated to this point. Um, So I think there are some problems. I think if you were to remove Iron Man from this whole scene and play it back, it would actually resolve a lot of the little things that were hung up on. But at the same time, it's kind of like the... To Free's point, both to agree with her and to disagree with her, like, the Avengers are appointing themselves as people who would even give a warning about this thing. Like, they're not Cradle, they're not enforcing Cradle, whatever, but they've just decided to, like, pay a friendly word to mutants. On one hand, it's like, yeah, they're trying to be friends, but on the other hand, it's like, what gives you the right? And so I think that that's really what Ayla's playing with here, and if you have strong feelings, whether you're on the X-Men side or on the Avengers side or strong feelings in general, I think the scene was effective. Like, I don't think we have to actually like characters all the time. And so the fact that we're like in conflict about it, the fact that some of the things feel a little bit wrong or the fact that I think, I mean, I always side against the Avengers. I look at them here and I'm like, assholes. But that's great. (laughs) That's good comic writing if we feel that way. Um, Unless you've totally violated how a character should act. And I do really take for his point that some of these Steve Rogers lines, especially with him standing as the tough guy in front of Iron Man and Captain and Marvel just don't work. They just don't work. He doesn't do it because he's that's not his thing. He wouldn't do it. And the thing is like they he wouldn't recognize them as nation as a nation. And he would actually like, you know, they they should have been done differently. I mean, this is not it. The thing is it just like and then uh, also, but I do like that Mystique is like the ambassador. (laughs) Yeah. She's just hanging out there. there. What do you think? What do you think Storm's asking Mystique to do? Because Mystique doesn't show up that we know of for the rest of the issue, but Mystique could be anywhere. So what has, given that we later see Storm actually meet these mutants, what is it that Mystique is up to? Anybody? I didn't get that. I, that's one of the reasons I didn't like it even more. Well, because I, I'm like, what happened to Mystique? I feel like Mystique is is doing something um, to figure out what, what the deal is with these kids mm. so i can tell them storm storm giving them that thing is not um is not really a call i mean it is but i think it's also it's not like totally altruistic storm's giving it yeah. to them so them to help mystique or whatever her undercover yeah. mission is yeah better not that's that's my feeling and and yeah but then you know there's this ongoing mystery that are they or are they not you know uh, that kind of thing but i mean it seems to point you know firmly in the direction that feria is not going to like that they are not mutants oh i can tell you i there's like there's there's like eight different no there's eight different things that said over here i can tell you i'll tell you all of them like you know i've been taking notes because i hated it so much i I took notes (laughs) well i want to move us on to gabriel brathwaite who's one of our characters. Last issue, we got a, a focus on one of the other characters. Here, we get a focus on him. And he yeah. has this internal monologue that I found really compelling that's kind yeah. of about, like, people assume a thing by looking at you, 
and they never know really what they can't see yeah. um, or what they choose not to see. And so he's like, hey, I'm, he says, black boy plays basketball, father out mm-hmm. of the picture. You know, pe- people are making some assumptions based on that. But here we find out, you know, that he's not what people are assuming. He loves academics. He's taking care of his single mom and his little sister. Um, he's, he's this really interesting, compelling character that people made some reductive uh, assumptions about. And I think that that's a double-edged sword because I think there's reductive assumptions that some readers probably met, made about him. In issue one, we're like, okay, he's the b-baller, right? Like, mm. I I find here, and I mean, I guess I'll kind of give my reaction first, like, this is really appealing to me. This, this is a character who's a lot like me in a lot of ways, and him giving the monologue of, like, people don't see that, and then giving all the stuff about his home life kind of really made me love him. I think of the five of them, I was like, yet again, because this happened to me last issue with with who's the focus character? Buddy. 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 Where, like, I did not care about Buddy at the beginning, and then we got to focus on Buddy, and I was like, I really kind of love them. And I I think that happened here, too, and I think that's what's so fascinating to me about doing, like, a younger character book like this, is, like, sometimes when they're in a big lump together, you're like, all right, their costumes are dumb, I don't care. (laughs) But then as we start to meet them one by one, you're like, I might actually really, really find this character lovable and appealing so tyler what did you think about this whole there's more than meets the eye monologue from our friend I mean, gabe the line that hits me the most was the line that says everyone always has expectations mm. prejudgments because it is true and i'm not above that like i prejudge people pretty severely sometimes <laughs> because i you know yeah because i'm human i think mm-hmm. yeah. um and 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 it is very true, especially when it comes to a negative stuff. Like you 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 form a negative stereotype opinion of certain things pretty fast. Whereas the good things, you kind of takes your time, takes some time for you to mm. form that judgment. So at least in my experience, that's the case. And I have, um, hopefully, I've learned to you know curb that. But um, I can tell you that sometimes it does not happen that way. So um yeah, and then you know um whatever you said I um hundred percent agree um it, the monologue felt really genuine, and the dialogue between his mom and him especially towards the end is really heartbreakingly real. Yeah. Like asking him to be careful, asking him to keep his phone. Yeah. I mean, it is real, and Ayala basically hit those marks without. You know, without doing it like so, without hitting you over the head with like uh, very obvious things, it's just a conversation, but it hits home. That's, I think, that's the strength of this issue. Harry? Both, yeah, you both stole basically everything I wanted to say. Like, like this, this scene, this monologue, this part of the book was where I realized, like, oh, this is, this can be like a really good book. Like, this is getting so much connection and empathy and enjoyment from this character who I have not met until this point, like so cleanly and efficiently. And I I was just sucked in. I was like, Oh, you know, if we are going to have this kind of like powerful storytelling for each issue, like, I think this is going to be something really special. You know, I know they're not mutants that that's well established, but like showing this kind of like, just like good, solid teenage kind of like drama stuff. Like I'm, I'm in, I think it's amazing. Freeha. So I was actually looking for the for the one that I connected it with the most. Like people see me as a body to be exploited and mm. me as a threat to be dealt with. Like that truly was like 
mm-hmm. like perfect, like, you know, real life allegory and then all of that. Um, and that's one of the reasons I was really rooting for him to be a mutant. I'm like, maybe he's the mutant of the gang. And then he's kind of trying to show it from his point of view, because I really liked every, like, you know, all the things that you guys pointed out and all the things that was like the communicate, like, you know, the discussion between them and all of that. But then I, I also kept on thinking, this is, I don't know why I'm looking at this, this conversation when there is a similar con- the Every time I'm reading this book, all I'm thinking about that every time I try to bring up an issue that affects women, I always get sidebarred with like, oh, it happens to men too. What about men? What about this? What about that? This book constantly reminds me of that, that there is so much problems with the whole mutant community that you have to deal with. But we are looking at all of this from a human point of view. And that's what like, I don't know, it just it just irks me. But this, all of this was A+. plus. Like all the conversation and everything, it was very real life, very A+. plus. This is one of the reasons I love Marvel Universe so much. Right, it feels like something very uniquely Marvel to be able to be right. able to do this scene this well and make it feel of a piece with the universe and not like, oh, that feels out of place. Like this feels totally in place with the Marvel Universe. It doesn't right. feel like it's breaking any, any rules of what yeah. Marvel is like. Right, this is the universe, like Marvel Universe, where this normal people are part of it. Like you mm-hmm. see so many normal people just taking pictures on the background, just doing things, living yeah. their life. And this is like a one that you were kind of following. And from that point of view, this whole scene is perfect. I just want to take it and put it in any other title. Mar- Miles Morales, Kamala, Champion. Let's put it on Champion. I also, like, I also love out loud. I also love out loud when, when the mom says, only God can judge me and my heart yes. is too heavy. Yes. <laughs> That's such I a know. good yes. line. <laughs> so great. Uh, she was a Lila Shaney fan in high school. Yes. I was like, yes, continue continuity. I love it. That, um, no, that, I, I, I absolutely love that. And there was also a line about mutants that she points out. That that I was like, whoa, that, um, I forgot that where, where there was, like, you know, but I think she talks about that mutants these days or something like that, which I yeah. was like, whoa, that's, I mean, that's some, like, let's investigate it from that point of view. Like, you know, yeah. you're, there's mute, you're, you're a black person. And then assuming black people in Marvel universe are facing kind of similar things that we are facing in like in, in, in our real universe, but then there's also the mutant mm. prejudice yeah. about that, that and then how yeah, that sure. deals with, you know, yeah, it's, it's on the same page. Basically she says that people don't know how to act around mutants and I yes. don't want you getting caught up in that. Yes, so, and then, which and is to, such a nuanced way, you know. She yeah. doesn't right, just say mutants bad or mutants mm-hmm. good. They, they don't know how to act. It's it's very very codified with lots of yeah. import and meaning to, to so, have Virela write it that way. The uh, I, like I know a friend of mine who actually had the like you know he's he's a black uh, black man and uh, he was telling me about like how his mom said this said something like you know something like he was going to be somewhere around uh, like you know where there's a gay pride parade and it's like oh make sure that people don't peg you as gay like you know you're already black so then let's not add to that you know there was that conversation like you know that in, and it kind of reminded me a lot about that and then you know then there was also this whole thing you must be mutants to have abs like that I was like oh god where is like where's the line in this universe and anyway there was like 
there was a lot. But I, I just want to take this scene and put it anywhere else. Just and I really love that as it transitions to the Dazzler concert at the end, he, he's got a, the monologue finishes in a really wonderful way. He says, I didn't get all this at first, but then I saw them. The X-Men, freaks, dangerous, troubled in trouble. Everyone already decided mutants were trouble, were less than, and here the X-Men come, saving the world anyway. The world isn't fair, but they refuse to let that or anyone else define them. And if that ain't heroic, I don't know what is. It made me really think as of where, you know, I'm always somewhere in my personal read. I just read um, Uncanny X-Men 225 through 227, when the X-Men literally sacrificed themselves to save the world. Now, we know they didn't really die now because they've been back a hundred different times. But like in the Marvel Universe, that's all still on YouTube. Like you can see the X-Men on camera being like, I will s sacrifice my life specifically to save your world. And it, it's really heavy, although it begins a period of Claremont that I despise. And they and, did. And they, and they did. They and, did sacrifice themselves. Basically. Yeah, it doesn't. They yeah. happen to come back because mutants get a yeah. thousand extra chances, but they did sacrifice themselves. And this just really made me think about that, where like it's, he says everybody already decided mutants were trouble, even though you have mutants on camera saving the world, saying, I'm going to go save the world now. <laughs> then it's like the decision's already been made. But now we phase into the Dazzler concert pre-show here, which I love because I, I, I love a concert. <laughs> and they run into Cole, who we were introduced to last uh, issue. And there seems to be the heavy yes. suggestion that Cole is actually the mutant, which I think is funny because I, there's five issues I think of this solicited, and it doesn't seem to me like it, we're probably going to get each of them in turn being the primary character that gets focused on. And I'm willing to bet that one of them is a mutant. I really think that that's going to cause dissension in the ranks. Be. And it turns out one of them is and four of them aren't. And, and it's this kind of game of roulette of the one of them, like not wanting to tell the others. But then there's also this other person who's not in their social group, Cole, who he got really sick. Gabe was afraid mm -hmm. it was like his da dad all dying again. But then he was mysteriously better and he doesn't know his own strength. What did you make of this, Tyler? Um, I, I, I was, I gave it. I gave, I mean, I wrote down two possible reasons. One is he took the crackle and flower drug and he recovered. Oh, mm. that's yeah. possible too. And then, um, and maybe the drug has some side effects. So. Which we've we not really not. explored in yeah. any other titles yet. We just know Correct. there's this drug. We haven't really followed yeah. anybody. And the second thing, it. of course, the is that I think he's a mutant who just developed his powers after his illness. Very much like Moira. Because Moira got sick, and right. then real, and then, well, I mean, and then her oh, power yeah. kicks in in a sense. I... So, Harry, what about you? <gasps> he's, the next, you... he's the next. <laughs> he's the next Moira. He's the next. I I thought he might also be something of a mutant because um, I thought that'd be like an interesting kind of turn. I didn't make the Moira connection at the time, but uh, that makes a lot of sense. It would. I just just was really enjoying just the uh, kind of like his insight, just about listening to. You know, certain Dazzler's music and kind of feeling better and what have you. Just like such a nice, like, slice of life look at how these heroes can make people differently. And I don't, not just kind of going back to your other point, like, how would any of those five B mutants, they all went through the gate. It didn't well, they work. are not. So maybe I'm like, did they all, like, though? Or does one yeah, of them yeah. hang back a little bit every time? It's like Clue, where one of them hangs back from the door <laughs> so they can run through the secret passage, murder somebody, and then come back to the door and nobody notices. Did they all really try? Or was one of them kind of going like, oh, no, there's a wall here. I can't get through the game. If this if this book makes a Clue reference, we have to give it an no. Oscar. And I, it I doesn't will. fit. I, no, but, I will change all but of my mind. The other thing also is that JJ is really young. So he's he ha mm. he may not have been at that age yet. That's a solid so, point. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Good point. Okay, but yeah, no, I just thought it was a good scene. I thought it was just a nice bit of you know humanizing, just like a side character who I'm sure we're going to mm -hmm. see more of. 
Freya, Cole, mutant or no? no I didn't think he was mutant. I actually okay. thought that he was a like a mutant phobic, but then the drug fixed him. So now he's oh. all about mutant. That's how I read it. Because suddenly he's into mutant music and all that. I'm like, yeah, son, you can't... Like, you know, I thought <laughs> that it was kind of pointing to that. Like he was anti-mutant before, but then the yeah. drug fixed him. And now he is all about... Mutants. It's, like it's he's, really, he's going other direction of like I'm going to not only I'm going to put my Black Lives Matter in my Facebook my all my soundtrack is now going to be rap mm. he's going in that direction I think it's interesting in in that something that I don't think any of the books have fully done for us especially Marauders which mm-hmm. I thought would do this for us is the idea of mutants exporting culture and that the drug is just the first export of culture it kind of reminds me in the real world of the way that K-pop has become such a bigger phenomenon in the last three or four years in the United States, and that K-pop ultimately is an export of Korean culture. And once somebody gets into one K-pop band, two, three, five, then they're actually interested in other parts of maybe they want to see some Korean film, maybe they want to try some Korean beauty products. And it's like once you export one part of your culture and you almost like inoculate people with it of like, this is cool, this enriches my life, whether it's a mutant flowers, a drug, or a really great pop band who sings in harmony, it's kind of like becomes easier to get interested in other parts of that culture and i really think that you know wolverine i think at one point earlier on dealt with the whole like should the drug be exported and given to people marauders has dealt with that but i don't think we've ever seen like the aftermath of that which is like then how do people feel about mutants here we have dazzler putting out a pretty big show in new york now she had put on a show much smaller than this just before the age of krakoa in a one shot that was called dazzler x song i want to say and she was being portrayed as kind of this smaller punk musician now dazzler if there's any mutant i'm an expert on it is dazzler and the <laughs> The way that it tends to go is that sometimes she she's portrayed as being big when it's when it helps the books. She's portrayed as being underground when it helps the books. And you have to just kind of accept that somebody who got as big as her that could be in a movie that could have an arena tour can also get as small as her in order to sell this all. But there's definitely the feeling in this concert scene of like renewed interest. Like some people being like, I liked her all along. And some people be like, I'm into this music now. But there's this kind of surge of like Dazzler's cool now. Cool enough that she has left Krakoa to come to New York to do a concert, um, you know, and I think that carries a lot of interesting information about culture along with it. Also, let it be known that that uh, data page was actually a flyer for Dazzler's concert, not only is a, so a cover of a classic Dazzler 20. issue, but Cats Laughing, fun fact is Dazzler 20. Cats Laughing is a real band that has, as its drummer, uh, it's a rotating cast of people in it that are all famous authors in the 80s. And the drummer, Faria, is Stephen Brust, who is one of my favorite fantasy authors we were just talking about on one of our other shows. And Emma Bull is also in the band. So it's it's been a longtime joke of Claremont's who clearly mm-hmm. knew these people. Mm-hmm. And it's been in, it's in ex- old school yeah. Excalibur. And when I saw Cats laughing was opening, I was like, somebody has to email Stephen Brooks and be like, you're in an X-Men <laughs> comic book this week. So if nobody has yet, I will email him after this and tell him he's one of my favorite fantasy authors. So yeah. one thing I wanted to mention, though, because you were talking about mutant mm-hmm. culture. Um, yeah, so say. is is the medicine considered to be culture or technology? Like, well, that's a great mutant- question. Mutant science, because there's like two aspects of it is the science, which is like more easily helping people and people are more okay mm. to accept that versus mm. culture is kind of harder to get people into because then it's like, oh, if you listen to a song, you're going to turn a mutant. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, you know, like there's like that aspect of it. So 
I think I think it's a, it's an interesting point. But the thing is, it's also we did see another human reacting to taking mutant do- drugs. It was the uh, um, the FBI yeah, lady, the, or the that's CIA right, the, lady. Her daughter, like, her mom and her, took and the it. daughter, and like, her mom, daughter. mom, yeah, mom and the daughter. Like, oh, okay, yeah. So yeah. they have taken it, but they are now compromised like you know or they want to now prove that they not are not compromised. compromised so but this is a different layer of it like i'm not saying that oh just because one is shown you can't show the other like you know there's like a different layers of it so yeah that can be well fun. let me show oh my real, god it is better when you read it together because i'm actually <laughs> finding new things to like about yes. well, yes. Uh, well, let me try a real world analog, which maybe borders on being a little bit political in a way, but I think it's a good analog for this. There are several different COVID-19 vaccines around the world right now. Let me ask you, we've all had vaccinations. We've all had shots for tetanus or, or mumps, measles, rubella or whatever. Have you ever known who's manufactured your shot before? Anybody? No. Because, Anybody. Because I was baby. Right. Was well, no, as an adult, sometimes you get shots too. But have have you ever been aware of the manufacturer of some medicine thing you were getting? Has that ever just... come up for you in any context? Mm-mm. But now people are like jokingly like, I'm in Moderna Club, I'm in Johnson & Johnson Club. People are paying attention to which of the vaccines they're getting. And I think it really shows how the flowers are both technology and culture. Mm-hmm. Because if one of these drug companies then put out a great ad campaign to buy their pop song because they also had a pop musician who happened to be working at the drug company, we would all be way more interested in that now than we were six months ago. And that's what's happening in the X-Men books right now. Well, th- there's also something here I like that. that I Pfizer think Ayala is... Get your shot. <laughs> Ayala is like writing, writing directly that. to Faria because there is this line that says, <laughs> well, Stop doing ba- that. Yeah, I mean, Benny basically <laughs> says that, um, no, okay, um, Buddy says that my codename is a respectful homage, so stop. And then Benny is like, and all the codenames that you came up with for us are weak. So that was exactly what yeah. Maria was saying. Like, why? Why do you call yeah, sci- Psychopaths and things like that? The, bo- so- <laughs> the book knows this ain't exactly it. It's yeah. not a killer. These are kind of off she, names, she- you know? I mean, they and that's know. why you can't always come down hard on like the book yeah. detail. You know, I feel like people are so quick to no, be like, "Well, the costume's too. dumb." It's like, it okay, is. well, is there a yeah. story reason for the costume to be there dumb? There is. They're yeah. not crushing it. They're kids. They are. <laughs> yeah, and 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 Daycrawler is like, no, no, no. I, I Daycrawler is like in the past. New Call name. me Nighty Nightcrawler. Even yeah. more. Like, I mean, that, yeah. the fact that they just went it's even funny. worse. But, I was like, oh, that's that funny. It reminds me yeah. of old power. Where's my power pack omnibus? And, this and, is you a know, thing. This is a direct homage to classic power pack. In classic power pack, the two littler kids are constantly making up new names for themselves all the time. Sometimes when they switch powers, sometimes when they don't. And the two older kids are like, oh my gosh, really? Like, it's a thing. It's a, it's a specific Marvel trope. And how Zach many Rabroff times... Zach would back me up right now. I'm invoking <laughs> the spirit of Zach. And how many times did Kitty Pryde change her name? Right, at first, that and was a, costume. the whole gag. Yeah. I think, this a, lot, I think this is a lot nerds. more intentionally referential than I think yeah. people were giving it credit for during issue number one. That's my takeaway. I mm-hmm. think I think I think we were kind of aware of that. I think for the most part that it was not fully like straight faced, you know. 
Like, well, you know. speaking but maybe of something... because I just I just don't like kids. Maybe that's what it is. That's fine. I just I just don't like. They're kids. messy. I don't like kids. I don't like I've... fun. We have plenty of things that we yeah. don't like on this. Podcast. But we do like Dracula. I mean, that's let's not forget. We, yeah, we're that's the common. Here. <laughs> the last the last the last bit I kind of want to say um, that Ayala is addressing Faria's concern is that um, Gabe does yes. not like the appropriation as well. Yes, he mentioned it here. He's, he's saying like, it's he does, weird. He's not sure. Yeah, he's like he's not sure if that is the right thing to do. Hiding behind oh, mutant yeah. names. At the end, Gabriel, the 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 main guy. No, oh yeah, okay, okay. To that point, because he's the only black character. Is Everyone he? else is like, I mean, sorry, he's not the only black character, but he's like the most. He faces the most, um, most injustice about be, who mm-hmm. being him. This is actually okay. very same to how Falcon was in AVX. Like, you know, in AVX and X-Men Legacy. Oh, like yeah, Fal- you said that. Falcon was like, oh, I'm not sure. I, we should not be here. This is, Sounds... this is not cool. And then, and then Gabe is the only one who's, who's, who faces the most, you know. Well, maybe... But um, does he? We don't, we don't know that. We need yeah, three more we're not there. We're just, yeah, I we feel need like, to see what the other three characters' like monologues are. Yeah. This is all interesting. That's kind of why I'm into this. Like the, they are even they are a little bit like I don't know if what we're doing is totally cool. I, I don't know. But I feel good, but I don't know. And like I want to see what happens next. It's interesting. I guess I just I never want to feel free like we're telling you to like like it because that is not no. the spirit of the no, show. No, 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 oh, yeah. no. I just I really I just think I, I'm so intrigued by all the reasons you don't like it because I really honestly want to believe that that's actually what it's about. Like I'll be disappointed mm-hmm. if we get to the end and it turns out it's that not. none of those reasons you didn't like yeah. it were not the point. Then I will be like, well, that was dumb. But I yeah. truly <laughs> think that they're the point. I really, really think it's the point of the book. I, the only reason I'm, I'm telling, I keep telling you, and I think I wrote it so many times in the, in the different, in <laughs> the Scribbled in a notebook. Like, <laughs> like not, that. Not, the done, not in the notebook, but in the, in the, in the, in the messenger as well, because there are so many problems with mutant community that is still unsolved and unsaid. I am not interested into reading these comics. That is not about mutants. I just am not. I in the same same way I have seen who people try to make it about themselves when it was a BLM protest, and I'm like, I'm just not interested in that. I am interested into talking talking about that problem at that time, you know. And then that that that's that's one of the things. It's like it's it's just I it's so like it's horrendous to say it so please I my apologies but it seems like looking at a BLM uh BLM pro doc- documentary from the point of view of a white gay man like I- I'm just not interested in that I am interested into listening to what mutants have to say about all of this this is why I want one of them to be a mutant but this is so I mean that's the thing I think is the every time I mention that how women mm-hmm. are treated in comics, I get like eight different reasons. Oh, that time that man was raped. I'm like, yeah, and that wasn't <laughs> good either. Like, and this is I, this is what I'm reacting to. I'm just like, I'm just not interested in this human. But the, the that's the thing, right? Gave like, the human. I think what what um at least at least from my view, I'm not going to put words in uh, Peter's or Harry's mouth. Mm-hmm. Is that I think um your issue with the with with the series so far is the premise and we have not seen the premise completely shown to us yet i agree with that so that's that's what i'm 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 trying to say like can you Mm. sort of like maybe hold back a little bit 
Don't hold back. No. I can't. No. Counteract. Straight no, 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 from no. the record. Don't no, no, hold no. back. Fire. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Unleash the I, torpedoes. I, I'm not saying Faria has to hold back her rage. I'm just saying hold back a little bit of, I mean, reserve a little bit just to say maybe the premise is not what I think it is. I think it is going to be. There is this yeah. fight scene, which if I have a critique mm. about this book, it's the same critique as the last issue. And I tried to yeah. go deeper because I was liking the art for the rest of this issue. Mm. And I was I was liking the colors a lot. I think to talk about the colors for a second, to kind of Peter's color corner, because I know I really tend to be the one that pays attention to this. Go in really tight, whether you have a physical version or a digital version, on one of the character's flesh tones, especially Gabe in some of these real life scenes. Look at how his flesh tone is built across his face it's not ever just a solid brown color it's um it's like a brown that has undertones it's a brown that there's some shadow showing through you see the hint of his bone structure underneath of it the one where he kisses his mom on the head look at how subtle the color difference is on the laugh line on the side of his mouth look at the way the um the dark tone of his skin um blends up to the lighter tone of his lips like this is really good comic book coloring. And I think Chang draws some kind of very interesting angular characters sometimes that when you give them that typical shiny glossy color, it makes them look super, super weird. Maolo here is playing with light reflections. You see it on Gabe's chin there. You see it on the mother's neck just above, but not playing with it in that typical everybody's hair is shiny kind of way. And I think it reads really well. To look at a really different panel, if you start out the fight at 1.1, the characters, I don't know who anybody's name is, has a gun in the fight and she looks really different. She's clearly got makeup on you can see her blush and how the blush sits on her skin how the lipstick sits on her lips like this is good coloring Th yes that is the panel thank you harry for those of you watching so any other comments about the art before we get into some of the art problems in the fight because the fight has some art problems but any I positive think... notes on the art before we move on I think uh, overall, I like this I think this is better than the first issue I think the art's stronger and I think it does the human mm -hmm. stuff very well and that's all I had to say. Oh, I really liked Storm at the beginning, though. Oh, gorgeous. Mm. Just beautiful. She looked African. But, um, I mean, you know, I mean, getting back into the choreography of the fight scene, um, yeah, it, it is messy for me this time. So I really, I, I examined this. I went to scholarship mode because I wanted to understand how I could love the rest of the issue so much, so much, and really dislike the fight. Here's the two things that I came away with, and I'm interested in everybody's opinions here. One is, looking at these costumes that the kids have, they're very specifically designed in such a way that they look like almost Silver Age villains because they've stayed away from primary colors. Even Cyclops Lass is in this, like, tealy color. If you go back to the Silver Age, heroes were in primary colors. They could maybe have one secondary color as an accent, like a burst of green on a costume that otherwise was red. But if you look at Silver Age, even if you go into Bronze Age with Cockrum's designs for the all-new X-Men, heroes are denoted with primary colors. Now, clearly, we've moved away from that. But even if you look at, like, newer age heroes... Um, you know, like like Kamala, she's in primary colors pri primarily. Mm -hmm. So I think, first of all, you have a group that 
if you're a comics historian, if you've read a lot of comics that are visually coded to seem ambiguous about if they're heroes or not because of how we're all used to seeing heroes' costumes. Second of all, their costumes just have a lot of lines on them. Way more lines. <laughs> Even Gwenpool, who like is very kind of pouchy and like 90s derivative because that's the joke about Gwenpool. Does I went and looked. Gwenpool does not have this many lines on their costumes. So on one hand, you just have the costumes themselves, which I think is a plot point in a way, but it's also like visually... Um, abrasive. And then if you look at the fight, we break out of pretty standard paneling from the whole issue. There is not a single diagonal panel in the whole rest of the issue up until this point. But the fight is all told in these slashy, curvy, slanty panels. Yes. And I just think the, the combination between the distraction of the costumes, the fact that these briquette babes or whatever their name is, are totally hell's, anonymous. Hell's bells. Hell's bells. Even, you know, we didn't even get intro boxes for them. Put them on the freaking data page at the beginning of the book if you want me to tell the difference between them all. And then the slashes. I just think it makes it impossible to parse anything that is happening anywhere. And going back to issue number one, I actually think it was the same problem in issue number one. I opened the floor. I'm, I've been nice in saying I think of this book's a little bit like not just straight face and has a little bit of subver subversive stuff with saying, oh, you know, this these heroes aren't quite what they want to be. And I think maybe even the coloring can add to that. Like these aren't the typical kind of thing you'd expect. I'm not going to go that far with the fights. Yeah. I think they're just kind of disorienting and not very well told. No. Yeah. I think it comes Green. back. It comes back to the same uh, comparison that we have between, say, um, Asra and um, Lares, mm -hmm. because I think the character placement and the camera angles are all very uh, not intuitive. Yeah. Because characters goes from one, they were so far away, and then suddenly they were between two villains, and then suddenly they were like flying off, and then suddenly um, and then it's like tight on one the face. fell on the other one. Yeah. <laughs> so 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 it becomes very confusing because you your mind doesn't connect from one panel to the next like you know as in like the camera move is not connecting it's not mm. connecting that's i think that's the that's the main reason why i think this fight scene appears a little bit more messy to me than the fight scene in last issue wow. because last issue i can kind of tell <laughs> where the camera is even though i'm not 100 percent um happy with it i kind of can make out say okay this is what happened here, I'm not 100% sure. Freya, what did you think about the fight scene? Well, you know, as I've mentioned, I don't care about anyone in this comic. <clears throat> so, but at the same time, I genuinely thought it was to show disorienting because they suck at fighting. Well, they I'm genuinely, I'm not, no, I'm not I agree. saying. No, they, they, I, totally, I totally agree with that. Yeah, but it's yeah, going to work for us as readers. Yes, like, yes, yes. You know, you, you don't get to pass me like, oh, we're bad on purpose. Like, no, I'm not. No, no, no. You have to be coherent. Yeah. No, but that's what I'm saying. I think that's the whole point of it is like they're, the fight is messy. So the art is like and everything is kind of messy and happening all over the place. So you kind of get that feeling because that's the feeling I got. But and Well, that's, that's my excuse for the messy fight scene last issue. But <laughs> and they're not still this messy. Issue. They're, still, they're no, no. still fighting the same people. Yes. Same messy. This I, well, is fascinating. The scene resolves with Storm paying it, and mm. ostensibly this is a prison break, which I didn't quite get the first time. That that person on the first, in the first page, who's making the call that's like, "This is my one call," is basically calling yeah. them to to break them out of prison. Storm arrives. Well, she's with, she's calling one of them to right. break her out. So she's calling the one the one house bell 
with the power with 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 her mutant powers. Right. Because three of them, I mean, two of them, I think, lost the power. Right. And so, yeah. So, um, so Storm I- intercedes with hilariously, if, if you're a fan of Jason Aaron's Wolverine and the X Men, Husk and Toad as her compatriots to <laughs> Wait, break is up it the Husk? fight. I think it's Husk. Who did you think it was? I thought it was um, uh, Mercury and um, who's that Domino's uh, friend? Boom Boom? No, no. Uh, um, no, I know which one you're talking about. Domino's friend in Outlaw, yes. No, I thought it's that Outlaw. is Husk. <laughs> no, the one with the cowboy hat is Outlaw, right? There was somebody with a cowboy hat in this sequence? Yeah. Where? Where is that? When, when Storm first appeared, that scene when she was like flying... On the lower left. Oh, maybe oh, that is... Yeah. No, it's Husk. That... Husk looks like Mercury. It's not a cowboy hat. It's her ponytail. She's no, no, she's no. Husk. Ponytail no, no. is the, the one on the, on the right. The one on the right. Yeah. On the left. He's, oh, okay. He's right. Maybe Outlaw is there too, but that's Husk. I thought that was Mercury. I'm but, pro um, Husk. It could so be Husk. I think it's me. Husk who had that skin, because then she's just like blonde and pale-skinned again when she's planting uh-huh. the flower. And Mercury can't, I don't think... Stop looking like Mercury. Mercury's always silver. That's true. Oh, but but I will concede that I do now notice that okay. perhaps Outlaw is there as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to see Outlaw though, because I was thinking about her the other way, other day. I'm like, what mm-hmm. happened to Domino's friend? Like, you know, I'm glad <laughs> that she's up to. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Pip. And then what, what she what she is up to? And then okay, she's here now. Um, okay. Peter. Anyway, so Storm arrives with some mutants, yes. and. <laughs> And basically it's like, you have amnesty, come through the gate, and, and we see the mistrust, which again, I think is really like an interesting cultural factor here. Mm-hmm. Here's these mutants, they don't know the whole thing about the crucible and and, and amenth yeah. and everything. They've yeah. only been seeing what's been in the media being reported to them. And they're like, you were just, you know, how do we know that this is not going to be bad for us? We've always been your enemies. We don't even have powers. What are you going to do? And Storm says, once you walk through the gate, you'll understand. It's almost a religious argument. Like, you've got to have a lot of faith. She's not, she didn't come with like a contract with an outline that's like, if you let me kill you, you'll get your powers back. You'll have a bagel tree in your yard. Like, Storm (laughs) didn't come with all the information. She says, once you walk through the gate, you will understand. Do you think you? it makes sense for characters to take this? Um, offer? Would you take this offer if you were a gal on the run, former mutant? She she got Toad with her. That's why she brought Toad with her, right? You think because... just to show that they're nice to ugly mutants? Yeah! Nice exactly! To ugly. Well, <laughs> like, you know, she brought Toad is like, okay, you know... He's the you original all... henchman. Henchman yeah. number one. <laughs> exactly. And we brought... Like, he is there, so you should come we with got... him. And didn't also, didn't also Toad, toad. Also... We got yeah. Toad. Do you know what we happens when the Toad gets struck by lightning? <laughs> and even, yeah. even he yeah. says, even he thing says is that. that. Yeah, but the other thing is that Storm did not come in um, attacking them. Right. She came in and she's like, enough. There shall be no more violence against our own. So she did not do anything to them. She basically just spoke to them. Yeah. it's yeah. nice. And she says, if you don't believe me, ask Toad. Or if you need more convincing, ask Magneto, ask Magneto. himself. Who's going right. to turn down a chance to go ask Magneto a question? I mean, right. exactly. If you are if you are in the bad side of mutant, Magneto's name, you're done. Drop Magneto's yeah. name, and you you are gonna go there. But one thing I do wanted to show though, uh, wanted to tell though, because right before when this fight was started, this is how you know that these are human children. It's like, oh, I'll never get used to that teleporter. Right. Little hints. So that's how. Yeah. That's how you know that it's a, it's a machine because Sublime gave them the yeah. machine. Interesting. I know Sublime now. <laughs> yeah. 
like Sublime well, gave them the machine, and this is like you know they're being they're being turned like you know okay. mimicking mutants. Y- you know, Wanda's no more mutants. Freeze's no more. Mutants. Oh. She, knows, <laughs> she knows more mutants. I, I mean, <laughs> look, I'm not arguing. I'm not arguing against that. I'm just because, kidding. I don't because, know. I don't know. Because I noted. Uh, no, I noted that too because I was like, oh. I mean, I, I actually typed it out in my notes halfway through and then I deleted it because I was like, well, what if it says I will never get used to that teleporter effect? Like, you know, like how um, Nightcrawler teleports someone and that person doesn't get used to it and, 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 and you know, they need to they say vomit, I, they, you know. Then I didn't, don't they say that I would never get used to that teleportation? Oh, the effect, I'm just saying. Interesting you know, that's why I say, that's why I say, I actually lean towards your your read, but Mm -hmm. I sort of like took it out because I thought, well, it could be anything. So, yeah. Well, folks, Um, I think I'm going to call time. For Wolverine number 11, to get us started, we'll do a lightning round of reactions before we dig in, starting with Tyler. Um, I'm, I'm really just bored by this story, and I'm not the least bit invested in it at all. It felt out of place during this era. And um, like throughout the issues, I have a lot of questions which took me out of the story constantly. So, you know, I'm, I'm just going to give it 1.5 baby big mutants out of 5. Harry, what was your initial reaction for Wolverine number 11? Uh, have you guys done anything fun this weekend i I saw godzilla if you want to talk about it Uh, (laughs) no man there's there's like almost nothing to say like it's about the friggin' vampires still and it somehow is felt like too short and never ending at the same time i can't believe we're still here the the eaten art is fine i didn't hate it i i like the art i guess uh i just can't believe we're still doing this like life is so short and I can't believe that like this is how people are spending it. And, and I, I don't know. You know what? I guess like a little bit more like in-depth analysis is this story is playing the vampires way too straight. I think Jason Aaron is a, introduced this vampire nation, pointed a slightly goofier. I think that was better. Um, but yeah, I'm giving this a one. I, I don't don't buy this anyone. Harry, it's causing Harry to have an existential crisis. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we even what? here? <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> Why are these the choices I made to buy this book? Oh <laughs> it's okay. Goodness. All right, Freya? Uh, uh, sure. <laughs> I mean, Plant, dro- Plant died to make this book happen. So we have to do, like, we have to talk about it a little bit. You're right. Um, it's a crime against I- God and nature. Yeah, it's there was like a lot. Um, I mean, I don't know. I feel like there is like a new. It's a theme. I was thinking about it more in the theme of like how children of the world, and then this one is like now there are other nations who are trying to follow the footstep of mutant in order to mm-hmm. become make their own nation. So that was kind of interesting. And then it's like oh, and now they have become mutants have become the press like oppressor in a way of shutting them down. So uh, there's something to be talked about from that point of view, but. I don't know. I mean, maybe it would have been better if I was just reading it in a whole arc in a way, and then it's just a Wolverine story, and that would have been fine. But uh, otherwise, sure, whatever. I mean, I did not like a lot of things over here, and that's just me coming from me as a Wolverine. Not, and honestly, after I read this, I actually sold two of his omnibus because I'm like, I don't want. Wow. To. 
Like, Fu is not messing around. She's like, yeah, you, I was not. Your, you get the cut. If you're, yeah. if you're, if you're, if you're like, yeah, exactly. I just, I just went and sold two of the Jason Aaron omnibuses because I'm like, well, I, don't, I don't care for this anymore. I, I guess this book convinced you to make healthy financial choices, so you got that going. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm planning on buying some wholesome book with books with those. So you know, in a way, yeah. So I don't know. Whatever. Sure. It's something that exists. So here's a, here's a list of things that I enjoy in life. Uh, vampires. I love vampires. Paris. I'm, I'm like a little obsessed with Paris. Good city. Uh, cool data pages from Sage, the, the living computer. Love that. Uh, Scott Eden's art. I usually really dig all the way back from X-Men Legacy. He's more recently, but he did some Titan stuff for DC. Uh Dracula. It's the first book I ever read as like a, like a like, six-year-old. I read like a kid's like abridged version of Dracula. Uh, all things I love. And yet, this issue, which features all of those things that I love, I, I couldn't remember any of it. Like, I went back to read it again to make notes. I think maybe some of the pages were blank. I, I don't know. There's... <laughs> There's just nothing. Oh, Vampire Slayers. I also love Vampire Slayers, Vampire Hunters, any kind of series like Supernatural, anything like that. Love it. This book has nothing going on for it. Percy needs to just do anything, anything. Make it bloodier, make it sillier, make it more surreal. I don't know. But what's happening right now, the, really, there's... This is just doing the absolute basics of box ticking of like we have released a comic with Wolverine in it. That's that's like the only thing I can say for this issue. I'm sorry, folks, if you like that. I mean, it's rare to get all four of us. And the thing is, I here's and there's where I guess I'll start us just so it's not me diatribing, you know, um, there's been worse comic books in Krakoan age. We have read some of them together. It's not that it's like actively bad and that like offensive what is happening here way. It's just very, very low key. Like it, it really nothing sticks out. And I think that that's almost like a worse offense. Like even if, at least if it was like actively bad, if it was like yeah. campy, we'd be like, oh, that vampire was ridiculous. But like there are whole scenes in this book that I couldn't even tell you why they were scenes in this book. And that's the worst kind of book for me. I'd rather you swing hard and give us something to mock than to just do something that barely registers. I don't know. What What is your opinion on that generally? Would you rather have something that's like dull down the middle or something that's so bad that it causes a reaction for you? Or Harry. Go ahead, Harry. You're inspired. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting failure. Always, always, always. This is the worst possible scenario of any book. We're going to post this video and the commenters are going to tell us this book never actually existed and we're all sharing a mass psychosis <laughs> because this doesn't exist. We're in a dream. Okay, sorry, Freeha, go ahead. No, I mean, my thing was that it's actually all out of sequence though, right? Because last yes. issue was ex ex exciting because there was like, there was this other other person showed up. I don't remember that person, but then there Maverick. was this whole Maverick. Maverick. Yeah, Maverick. And then there was this whole layer about how they helped each other during their open mm -hmm. Whitman Plus page. So I thought that that's where this is going, but no, this is taking a side direction. I wish the stories were overlapping. So then that would have been something, but it's not even that. And it's just like this... 
vampire nation and he's going by himself doing that to be honest i just don't understand in a cast in a like a title that like x-men which has so many interesting character why on earth wolverine gets a solo every time what about him what about him that people like he's short he's stinky he likes to spend time in sewer he just like you know inserts himself in every women's relationship without anything he gets like why 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 is this what okay and even if you're going to do a wolverine story why is not about like you know him trying to get jean gray to be the mother of his children Make it about that. Make it about something like that will make me cr- like make me mad. Make it about that. Like you know that would that Jean Grey is like oh no 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 these are my children Nathan Rachel and all them your kids are not mine but I'm effing you. Make it about that. I'd read That's that. That's interesting. That's That'd actually a bit, truly a interesting. Ma- ma- manga take on Wolverine. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Sure. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Why not? I'll like, take any. T- I'll take any take at this point beyond. Uh, no, I'm done. I'm no. Go on. I'm done. Tyler. <laughs> yeah, and then and then oh, the data go. pages were. I'm, I'm not done. I'm not done. Okay. The data pages were so offensive, by the way. Well, yeah, those were offensive because she, Sage is writing all these like you know things, and Wolverine's response to all of them: kill them, done them good. Pee and on then, them. You know, I'm like, yes, like, like you're so, in so sports, like, that is not God's, something we need to know about. And to be honest, here's also something I'm telling you. As, as of right now, every single media where there was a man pissing on something was bad. Every single you one can of make them. The case. You can, every single one of them. Go look at any of the movies or any of the t- comic book, any of the TV shows where there is a man be like pissing on something is a bad thing it's a bad uh, yeah didn't he piss in wolverine's helmet or something too like why does what is this this weird like magneto yeah yeah magneto's helmet what's with this weird like turn for like the scatological and that's the only way that's the only way you can show someone is like a rough and tough no it's not it's insane i'm not saying that i'm just saying that that's how people people do Uh. it this guy ain't cool. This guy ain't tough unless he's pissing on someone. Like, where is this coming from? I don't I know what's going yeah. on anymore. Sorry, Tyler. How did you feel about this? I mean, coming back to the book. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were well, just talking you, about you, content from the book, which was I know. Yeah, you guys did touch a little bit on certain things of the book, which really took me out of the story. Like, why did the council not do anything about? the vampire nation if it is such a credible threat why is it only wolverine and why is wolverine not bringing in his friends who are not mutants like avengers like you know people who are more suitable to kill vampires like um blade blade yeah Sun, for example. sunfire sunfire uh, yeah the top of my noggin. like some someone sun. who can do <laughs> something Black Tom, and also, who throws wooden yeah. stuff all around, you know, grows plants. And also... <laughs> Mercury. Like, oh, yeah. And also, <laughs> in, 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 in this day and age, how could such significant numbers of death not be noticed by anyone? Yeah, it, it, it's a small town somewhere. But it's not like the friggin' Arctic. It's not like people don't check in on t- towns in the, the north. Other thing. It's almost <laughs> playing it as if it's a thing we should know from some other book that Wolverine's like intervening in, but it's not happening anywhere. Like part of the magic no. of the Marvel <gasps> Universe is like, show us the impact of this. Like give us a hint somewhere else. And they actually just did vampires, a little scene of vampires in some other book. I've, oh, in um, 
Avengers? In King in Black number five, there was just a little scene of vampires, and yet it didn't like yeah. help this at all. I think no. if it felt like we were seeing the ramifications of this elsewhere, since this vampire plot doesn't feel like it just belongs to X-Men, like it was started mm. in Avengers, it's appeared briefly in King in Black, like it is other places. I think then it would hit better, but it's almost like Percy was given the wrong information about how important it would be <laughs> other places. And so he's like, all right, yeah. I'm going to resolve some of this vampire plot happening around the Marvel Universe, but there's no other book that reflects it. That's what it felt like to me mm. at the beginning when Wolverine's like, I'm I'm out to cure this vampire yeah. plague. I'm like, what vampire plague? The, yeah. the, the, reason I, the reason I gasped, because I genuinely thought that's what's going on. That that's why I was mad that this is another stupid crossover that's happening. And I don't know any information about it. You know, but doesn't but it the kind of like, feel like that though? Like it's like it's telling you that yeah. that's what, what is happening? And then also, these are, they are in Krakowan now. So they are, they are a nation operating out of like you know, operating in the United States without any like you know, as a na- as a na- as an uh, agent of another nation. Yeah. Is anyone gonna talk about that? I well, that's the thing. To talk about that's that. the punt, punt it back to Avengers. Stop it. <laughs> I know. But no, that's really <laughs> weird. And then and then like halfway through, um, I mean, Beast was being Beast. He was being pretty smug about his like double deception working, and then. And then there's this panel of Wolverine like holding Beast's face. Yeah, and I'm so like, weird. What? <laughs> what so happened? weird. Like, like, like a parent <laughs> scolding their child, yeah, like pinching like, a little cheek. Like you know, yeah, he because... like full on pinches his cheek, and I know it's supposed to parallel Dracula having like a tender, um, romantic moment with yeah. Omega Red. But then it's Wolverine pinching Beast's cheek. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Any sense at all. And he's also... Here, talk about, like, Eden kind of failing on the brief art-wise. If you look at the way that that scene is laid out, it's that Beast is drinking coffee and that Wolverine is, like... Or or tea, probably, because, you know... And Wolverine is, like, interrupting him from that. And you can see in the corner of the panel that the teacup has fallen out, but he's paddled it in such a way that it almost just, like, it looks like an art error. And, like, if, if it was that he was meant to like knock the tea out of his hands or like shake him like that was lost so instead it just comes off totally ridiculous which is it's everybody's fault it's percy's fault for Actually. scripting it that way and, it's and also, fault for drawing it that way also but. not to mention not to mention that given the size difference he would have to go like this <laughs> yeah beast is I not mean, beast is not short he's a tall he's a sitting. tall well, well, beast could be like just yeah, like squatting uh, yeah and then what walking, 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 up to him at, you know, at eye level because yeah. beast is yeah. on I, I absolutely loved that he was drinking tea because that's a sign of evil you know drinking tea so <laughs> yeah. you know he you yeah. know that we, we, okay we, this is dark beast right I mean you know just, <laughs> just anyway but the thing is like, and then the next scene it just fall and he's like completely shocked that it happened to him because you know other than brand nobody ever done that to him so he's like very upset about that but the thing is like it just I don't know I, right, I, well, I, me, I really like that but speaking of that scene no. let me let me try to connect this to a little kernel of plot for the few people that have made it this far into our diatribe uh, Omega Red in X-Force I want to say not in Wolverine mm-hmm. they decided that they were going to plant this trackable carbonadian synthesizer in yep. Omega Red let yep. him think he had resurrected just fine or even not been no, no, resurrected. No, no. Not been resurrected. Yeah. So he doesn't know he's being resurrected. And then send him back to Dracula, who who and it seems like that's going off without a hitch here. So yeah. they, they are gonna know that Dracula's in Russia. But Dracula also is not dumb. And he kind of can sense that he can now use Omega Red to double cross the mutants. So he's like, why don't you go back and offer the mutants something that they want? 
Russia, which connects to the plot of X-Force because they've and part of Brazan's new mutants because the mm-hmm. mutants have been having a lot of conflicts with Russia and trying to get mutants out of Russia and have gates established in Russia. So there is Marauders too. A pl- and Marauders. So there is one mm-hmm. big plot element here that does yeah. connect to our other books, which mm-hmm. is that did Omega Red actually fool Dracula? Not intentionally. And what is Dracula going to go back with as a counteroffer that makes it worthwhile to hand Dracula Wolverine? Okay. <laughs> wow. Like, sure. Yeah. A lot sure. of inspiration on the panel in this one. Yeah. No, yeah. I, really no, struck I, I mean, there's, there's no... I, I, there's the, the plot is such that it tells you that this is going to happen, and it stops there. And then we switch to the scene with Louise, which is, again... Why do does Wolverine look for Louise, who appears to him with him only once, where they were both defeated in the catacombs of Paris, and no one else? Like, I, I don't understand that part as well, and I don't understand how the vampire works in Marvel Universe right now, because Maybe she's like, oh, I'm not fully turned yet. I, I I'm just halfway there. <laughs> she's I'm not like, turned uh, enough. Yeah, so I don't understand that part too. That's that's a vampire trope though. That yeah, happens maybe... that happens in a lot of different vampire things. That half turn. Half turn thing? Yeah. I might be just speaking for me, but like if this book was interesting or entertaining, I wouldn't care about all of these little little points that you're making. They're all absolutely true, but because there's nothing else to latch onto, I'm just like, why don't you get a friggin' sun mutant to burn out all the vampires and get this over with? But yeah, yeah no, you're absolutely right. It makes no friggin' sense. So it's just like, so these are the things that constantly brings me out of the story and I'm like, okay, wait, why? Why is this happening? Oh, okay, wait, what? Why? And so it doesn't I think, make sense. I think the problem is, is the out of sequence. If this was being told when it was being told before, I think it was before yeah. X of Swords, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think yeah. we would have cared more because it's being told out of sequence and it's like, we have moved on from it. We have started thinking about Maverick and Wolverine and all of that. That we this so is so young. This, yeah, we were so young and then this is why it's not making sense anymore. But it's supposed or we don't care. to be, but it's supposed to be not running parallel. Like the Wolverine story is supposed to happen somewhere in between those two the, that break really is it, I did not yeah. think that sure, you yeah. think so I, mean, I think so because remember the last the very last issue of uh, X-Force where we had that coffee breath scene he says like oh I, I need to hunt vampire no, no, no. Because, so it's happening now ish yeah yeah so it's Jean not is, out of Jean, sequence it's yeah, in it's sequence. not so Jean, okay. Jean because Jean said that, oh you're drinking coffee now you know can you sleep and he's like well no no I, I need to hunt vampires, like, and, <laughs> and here it is. You gotta do it. Yeah, and here it is. No, but yeah. that's X-Force, though. That's fine. That's X-Force. That can happen in a different time. This is, like, You're Wolverine literally saying story. we had Wolverine issues, then we skipped to Magri- Maverick, and we're skipping back to vampires. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Why are we doing yeah, this? Yeah, I agree. Well, look, I don't because know, there's because a tradition starts- in X-Men yeah. comics that people can can follow subplots, but the, the, the asterisk on that is subplots which are interesting. Like, it's, like, I don't think anybody was waiting for the vampire subplot to come back, and it just keeps happening. I don't know. I Sound off in the it. comments if you're, you know, yeah. if, and, and tweet us and all that if this is really interesting to you. I don't think we're ever here, and I want to make this clear, because this has been a thing that I've been encountering a lot this week in other communities. We are not here to tell you you're bad or wrong or dumb if you like a comic that we're we not? didn't no. like. 
Freya might Aww. be, but that's not yeah. the position of this program. We are Reed four Wolverine people who, the X-Men. We are four people who enjoy reading comic books together, and it just so happens that because we have similar tastes and we hang out with each other a lot, that we're you know that we come to an issue sometimes like this one, which all four of us are just against. If you love Wolverine, we still like you. Like you can like this issue. We want to hear why you like this issue. That's still important to us. I just it, you know I know this is like off the top of the issue, but I'm just encountering too much, especially in X-Men communities that should know better that if you don't like their favorite character, if you don't like their favorite book, or if you're not digging the writer they like, or the opposite, you, you're liking something and they've decided it's kind of out already, that you're no cool. You're not cool. You can't be part of that crowd. They don't want you. You're that We don't play that game here. Everybody can critically read the comic book that they want to critically read and enjoy it. So like when we say sound off if you liked Wolverine, I genuinely mean that. If you're one of the people out there that's like, this is the best Wolverine comic I've read in years, tell us about that. And we do Please. not have any hard fe feelings about that. But I just want to make it really unambiguous that like you can like the comics that you like and anybody mm -hmm. who's got a show or a community or a discord or is on Twitter telling you that you're wrong because you don't like the things that they approve, they're not a good comic book fan. And I, I feel that real darn strongly. And I feel it the strongest when there's something I don't like because I'm not out there slapping this comic out of people's hands who are trying to enjoy it. <laughs> if you enjoy this, I'm happy for you. We want to like stuff. I think we often do. And if you like this, please tell us why, because it would make me feel better. I'd start yeah. dreaming again. It'd be great. Yeah, I, I, uh, so look, I, I think... Here's I the th thing. Oh, go ahead, Here's the Tyler. thing. Next issue is still the vampire story. Uh, you're kidding. There's no way. You are kidding me. But I love vampires. Like this is, yeah. it could be so cool. Like show yeah. me. It's, I know that we're building this thing where like the vampires are trying to franchise and, and, they, but they're, <laughs> they're having trouble with the sun and they've decided, you know, we've had Wolverine's blood before. If we could just have Wolverine's blood or mm. one of his many bodies that I'm just sure have been left the behind. Blood. In X-Force, like, we could flourish. And, like, that by itself is an interesting plot. But then we get to the end of this issue, and there's this scene of, like, Dracula in a lab or something. I I've never yeah. been so bored by Dracula on a panel anywhere in my entire life. This is a pro-Dracula show, to be clear. Pro-Dracula. <laughs> I have a Dracula guide. I love Dracula. <laughs> and I and he's like, stop experimenting on weak vampires. Make stronger vampires. Yeah. I'm like, why? What is the point? Just get Make me there. more vampires. Yeah. That's like rule number two of the nation. Make I just, I, yeah. Yeah. I am so primed to be rooting for the vampires. It's really easy to get me on the vampire side. And the fact that I'm not like rooting for Dracula a little bit says to me that there are problems. That's what I'm saying. This, it's just so easy to get me excited about vampires. Okay. So I, am, he, I am that guy. Right. So, okay. Before we actually, I think we are winding down here. But before we go sure. there, I one question I have. Uh -huh. In here, it shows that the mosquito is killed, but then it mm -hmm. drinks Wolverine's blood so it can come back to life. No, it does no, not. That's because not it has been it has <laughs> been established that Wolverine's uh, blood doesn't uh, have that property outside of him. It degenerates. Yeah, so Wolverine, Wolverine's here? blood is not a mutant. Wolverine's blood might have some regenerative properties in the same way that old people are getting transfusions from young people like Harry, that they just want to suck his blood so that they can stay <laughs> young forever. But Wolverine's Cute. blood itself 
is not a mutant. Although that is somewhat contradicted by the whole he can regenerate from one drop of blood thing that has so, been done before. <laughs> but and so and like, as we know in House of X and Powers of X in the Secret Life Number Six of Mora McTaggart, he was keeping Mora alive with blood transfusions. Mm-hmm. So his blood yeah. does have restorative properties. But can that blood, once ingested by a mosquito, heal the mosquito back to normal, making is that a, mosquito a secret mutant? No, I don't. It's a vampire. That, it's, I it's a vampire mosquito. It is came that, back. To to life. So it's a vampire mosquito. He's no, I know what you mean. Is, I know what you mean. Is but, it? but he killed it. No, no. I think it, all mosquitoes are vampires, though. No, but I know what you mean. It came back to life. It regenerated. I'm no, looking at. Yeah. I don't. I, I mean, I have it my, too. My my read of the scene was more like there there are like two mosquitoes. He killed, uh, them and then there well, was another one. That, I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah but but that yeah. was my read, and I think the two of you. Read. I mean, your read is actually very valid too. Is that because, oh, supposed to so mean nice. something? Thanks, buddy. No, panel yeah. one is slapping mosquito. Panel yeah. two is dead mosquito. Panel three is new mosquito. Yeah, it's really <laughs> is it, it isn't it new mosquito? No, place. it's not a new mosquito. It's, it's the same mosquito. Same mosquito. So okay. So if this Percy, is the same mosquito, answer the question. <laughs> so hold on. If this is the same mosquito, why on earth? Mutants have not been using this all these times. It's why a vampire mosquito. It's a messy they... comic book. That's why, folks. It's a comic yeah. book that's okay. confused about what it is, what its character is about, and the story that I, it's telling. And li- that is why we're this of, hung up yeah. on the small details like cheek pinching Wait. and undead mosquitoes. A little and... bit of actual <laughs> weird criticism. I just want to say real quick. I don't know why. It's just like the way this, sh- this book approaches this whole vampire thing. Like Omega Red says, take me to Dracul, which is like the very formal like way of saying that. It's like such like a not fun kind of like serious way of talking about Dracula. And it sucks. And that was my point. You were saying, Freeha. I, I think we're done, y'all. I think we can talk about mosquitoes more if you want. No, 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 I, no I, the last thing I just wanted to say is like this is a regression for Wolverine. I mean, this this is not who he is anymore. And this me saying, saying that. I've been saying that for many issues. I no, have no. been saying that for many issues. I know, I would but pay... the thing is like that's 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 more for you're talking more in terms of like you know the I'm not talking about in terms of what kind of uh, tour like you know the adventure he goes to. It's like the way he talks. Yes. That's like, you know, that's a regression for him. I would no, pay that's, that's, money for for a scene where Wolverine comes back home to the moon and Scott and Gene are like, so you like pissing on dead guys now? Is that what you're up to? Like, get out of our that house. What's that about, man? <laughs> get out of our house, you freak. <laughs> no, but that's what I've been saying. Like, ever since uh, X of Swords, Wolverine's voice has been off. Like, way It's off. shocking. It it's, really it's, is. It's, it's being shifted off. If you read X force before and the wolverine issues that came out before x of swords is actually quite okay but when you read it after that it was like way off it's saturdine guys she done it <laughs> blame her all right everybody that is our conversation for this week in x looking forward to next week we have a huge week on the way mm. we have sword number five our first sword issue totally free of the king in black so that and there's been some buzz from people in the X office, the artists, the writers that like, this is going to be a big one. 
Um, we have Way of X number one, new from Cy Sperrier. Very exciting. Get to finally see Nightcrawler in action here on Krakoa. And X-Force 19, after uh, Choir just had his big confrontation psychic moment with this construct version of him. These are potentially three pretty big books, and it's a three-book week, which by itself is pretty big. So we are looking forward to talking about that. And why do we look forward to talking about that, Faria? X-Men is better when it's read together. That's As right. it was proved this week. <laughs> well, we hope you feel like that about reading X-Men with us, even after a week like this one. Uh, the books can be good or they can be bad, but all of the conversation that comes out of them can be good. That's my favorite part of reading them together. So on behalf of Fariha, of Harry, of Tyler, and myself, thank you so much for listening and watching our This Week in X presented by Crushing Comics. We hope that we're going to see you again next week. And until we do see you and talk to you again, please be well. Bye. Bye. Bye.